0: Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre! Yeah. The, yeah. the China Wikimania! Wikimania is running wild! Fuck God, what hell man! It's not a world is watching!
1: It all began on March 31st, 1985. One man had a vision. It began here.
0: Welcome to the greatest sports entertainment spectacular of all time.
1: And it would change our world.
0: Welcome to WrestleMania.
1: As the vision grew, we cheered it on.
0: This place has gone crazy. History has been made.
1: Stood in awe.
0: The irresistible force beating the immovable object.
1: Held on to our seats.
0: The eyes of the world are on this match tonight. This truly is a dream match
1: and gave up our hearts.
0: The boyhood dream has come true.
1: We watched with utter disbelief.
0: What did we just see? What did we just see?
1: Stunned silence and sheer amazement.
0: Stone Cold, Stone Cold. The Austin era has begun. The immortal Undertaker's streak continues.
1: But above all, we have been inspired and enriched by the vision.
0: The emotion, the pageantry. The greatest entertainment extravaganza of all time!
1: The world has witnessed the greatest moments in entertainment history.
0: The lights Brett! Careers are gonna be made! Legends are gonna be created!
1: Center stage at WrestleMania.
0: Welcome! Welcome! Welcome.
2: Welcome to episode 2 of the Wrestling Podcast, I'm Mark Abraham, i once again joined by Liam Evans and over the next hour and a half we'll be taking a look at some of the best of Wrestlemania 1-10. Indeed we're going to be taking a look back at those early years of Wrestlemania, having a look at some of our favourite matches and moments and also talking about some of your favourite matches and moments as well. So, let's get to it. So here we are again. Uh, round two. Round two, back for more. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so we got a bit of a task uh, on our hands today. Um, looking back at, at the first 10 uh, years of WrestleMania, uh, the Super Bowl of pro wrestling, and the, the greatest sports entertainment spectacular of all time, and whatever whatever, other taglines and and nicknames that the show of shows is uh, referred to. Showcase of the Immortals. The Showcase of the Immortals, exactly. That's the one that
3: starts out
2: That's the one. So, over the course of of the next hour or so, um, obviously, we're going to take a look uh, over WrestleMania 1 to 10. Just a, a disclaimer from from the outset, we we aren't going to literally do a deep dive and go into every single mania and every single match, like move by move, hold by hold. Um this is, you know, this is gonna be a little different. You know, we've kind of spent the last week um going back over the footage, getting our most out of the WWE network, um, which is still just nine ninety-nine for all you uh, all you non-subscribers out there. <laughs> and uh and we, you know, we've. I think it's fair to say, Lee, that between the two of us, we've 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 rammed in quite quite a substantial uh, load of, of of wrestling over the last week for you know over a ten year period to kind of prepare ourselves for for today.
3: Yeah, yeah, a good few hours of uh, bit of research, I suppose you could call it. Kind of going back and uh... it for it... me, obviously, for me, it was a bit of a a lot of it was a lot you know new to me because obviously being born a lot later and. I'd only watch certain you know certain ones of the big matches obviously the whole
2: match and stuff but yeah yeah
3: back and uh you know see how it was how it was like in the 80s uh it, it makes
2: it makes me feel like i i was only, i was only born in, in in 1989 uh contrary to what people who know me may think i i'm not actually 60 years of age <laughs> um but it's kind of cool, uh, you know, after talking about fan culture, etc. last week, you know, to you, you kind of uh, how how you responded to some of these matches, watching them sometimes for the first time and kind of looking at, at, at things that we now consider as classic uh, through a, 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 a fresh pair of eyes then. Uh, yeah. But we'll get onto that anyway. But I know that you've kind of narrowed down uh, about four or five kind of big matches that kind of stood out for you. So we're going to take a, a bit of time looking at those. Before we jump in, um, I think it's fair to say um, that we would like to, to both uh, extend a gigantic thank you to everybody uh, over the last week who has taken the time uh, taking the effort to listen to the podcast, to give us comments and tweets and private messages um, and, and whatever, to show the support uh, and the backing. Um, it's, it really has been quite humbling. I think I speak for the two of us, Lee.
3: Yeah, definitely.
2: Um, you know, it's it's it, it's very much a passion project for us both. It's something that we both kind of, uh, you know, from conversations, you know, that we've had, we, you know, it was one of those things that we kind of considered doing uh but we never kind of felt it was it was the right time or we kind of never really paid it any any serious attention to actually do it um and and here we are episode episode two out of ten, and we're going yeah. we're going strong um so far so good so, so yeah so a big thanks to everybody obviously we do love um seeing. The interactions and getting involved and having the chats, etc., with you on, on online. Um, we're on, I suppose, the big three as it as were now, and it is um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The handle for it all is at the wrestling PC. So please do continue to uh, get involved with the conversation and show your support and 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 get talking to us because uh, you don't yes, realize, yes. yeah, yes. how how. how well, right. Yeah, like how big a part of the show that it becomes, you know. Exactly. Yeah. You know, because a lot of the uh, matches that we're going to be talking about, you know, in the, this first uh, installment of the Best of WrestleMania, uh, a, a lot, a lot of your favorites and, and certainly my favorites, were also shared by um, a majority of our of our followers as well. So keep listening because you may get a shout out. So uh, first off the bat. I suppose you know you've got to go back to the beginning um, and look at the fact that we are a few weeks away from WrestleMania 37. Um, how how did that even happen? How did how how how, how are we approaching WrestleMania
3: 37? <laughs> crazy and crazy, it's, it's just been going now.
2: Absolutely crazy, and I think when you look back. Um, and and you watch that old footage and you kind of and you look at the early days and you look at the beginnings of this pop culture juggernaut that is Wrestlemania um and you see what it what it is now yes there's an incredible amount of growth that's happened over those 37 years but then at the same time a lot of those landmark and trademark things that make WrestleMania such a big event and such a special event in the wrestling uh, fan calendar. Um, I think they've always been there. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, um, and again, you know, like we're not going to go like 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 too deep a deep dive into Mania. Like I said, match match by match, you know. But you look at at, at those early WrestleManias, for example, and WrestleMania One, March thirty first, nineteen eighty five, Madison Square Garden, New York City, the the spiritual home of the WWE um, that first mania, but you know, being put out there as a response to Jim Crockett promotions and the NWA doing, doing Starrcade as a, as a, as a super show and Vince and the McMahon family putting it all on the line for that one event, they all or nothing, exactly it, an all,
3: or nothing an
2: all or nothing moment that paid off massively Uh, Not too bad for their first ever official pay-per-view either, to be honest.
3: Yeah. You know. um, But Obviously pay-per-view for pay-per-view as well, didn't it, that first Mania?
2: Well, exactly, you know. And, you know, it's something that isn't really talked about or really discussed as such, but WrestleMania and Vince McMahon and the WWE, then by de facto, is kind of responsible for being the trailblazer of the pay-per-view model that so many people now just kind of know and get on board with, whether you're a, a boxing fan or an MMA fan or or whatever. But it it it's it's its origins can be traced back all, all the way back to 1985 to that first mania, you know, and that link between huge matchups and celebrity involvement is as prevalent um now as it was back then, you know. And you look back at that first WrestleMania, you know, and you've got A main event, we've got Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus Rowdy Roddy Piper, Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, And who else but Muhammad Ali, you know, one of the biggest pop culture icons of all time, one of the biggest sports stars of all time is involved in that match.
3: You're the best heavyweight server as well, wasn't he?
2: Well yeah, you know, and he lent a, a a a a a legitimacy between the two worlds that people uh, could get on board with. There was a lot of crossover appeal. My cousin um watched the main event um just just last weekend. So Jake, if you are listening, um he he was he was in awe of the fact that Muhammad Ali was at the first WrestleMania, that he was a referee that he was getting physically involved. He was in the same ring as Hulk Hogan. There was a lot of that crossover appeal, um, and that's always been a, a landmark for those manias. So going back and kind of looking at um, manias, as, as we have done, you know, those, those, those first 10, it would have been so easy for us to sit down for two, three, four hours and pick... Oh, okay.
3: You couldn't cram it all in, no.
2: Um, you know, I, no. There would be no no feasible way without us having to take lots of water breaks and probably time off work
3: oh, in yeah. order
2: to do because there is there is a treasure trove of of stuff within those first ten manias. Um, and for any fans who um, are are unfamiliar with the early manias or that maybe have haven't watched them in in a while or whatever, and you do have the network. Just take a bit of time over the next couple of weeks as we roll toward WrestleMania 37 in Tampa and just go back and just dip in and out. If you don't want to watch the full events, that's cool, but just dip in and out because there are some absolute gems in there. Um, you know,
3: well, which we're going to talk about today. I mean, we, we, we are,
2: we are the ones that stood out for us, we well, are yeah. indeed. So, without further ado, um, straight off the bat, I'm just going to ask you, what was the first match, because I think you watched them chronologically. Am I right in thinking that you didn't? Yeah,
3: yeah. I went. Yeah, I literally went through obviously the, the first 10. Okay. Bit by like bit and just picked the odd, you know, the odd match from each one, like about three or four matches per, per each one. But obviously, then I narrowed it down then to like my top five.
2: Okay. Okay. So, in, in no particular order, um, in terms of your favorite, we'll go chronologically then. That'll make sense, right? I think that'll make yeah. sense for everybody. So, so yeah, what's, what's the first match that we're talking about?
3: Well, yeah, it's obviously going to be that Steamboat versus Savage match, and know because that was literally the the match that inspired so many generations of wrestlers afterwards as well. Because it was such a like, well, it was a masterclass, wasn't it? It was like a, the, the perfect match.
2: I think it's incredible that, um, that match happened all those years ago and even for and I don't mean this in a in a a, a a rude way to anyone out there but even the most uneducated of fans when you say Savage versus Steamboat you know what match they're on about you know and I think what you, know, you, you know they're what's talking the, about WrestleMania the, three. Um, and that intercontinental championship, and, as you very rightly said, a master class,
3: yeah, well obviously what stood out for me in that match as well is like the amount of false finishes they had as well, like it was literally one of their matches, like the crowd just didn 't know which way it was going to go, what was going to happen, and they was they they literally bored into it from
2: the start didn't they it was it was two men who went out there with the sole purpose of putting on. The match of the night. That's where you've got to believe. They want
3: to steal. Uh, yeah, they want to steal the show, then they could see. Yeah. And
2: you've got two, two pro wrestlers who, in my opinion, are at the very height of their uh, in-ring ability. Um, in their just their overall presentation, they. It is. It is like the eighties in a snapshot, looking at, 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 that, at that iconic photo of the macho man hitting that elbow drop mid-air w- in front of 93,000 people. Because that's how many people were in that stadium that day. And that snapshot is like 80s wrestling in a photograph. Yeah. And I know that we had an incredible... Um, amount of submissions on online as i said shouting out and telling us um and i know that this one was one that got a lot of love and rightly so
3: yeah obviously on my twitter i put out like i like put a tweet out asking you know people their favorite matches and uh i had a couple of replies from you know to do with that match it was a uh, a guy called Clinton Davy. He uh, he mentioned that match, and then another guy there, Mike Williams. Is that uh, Mike Williams fifty fifty four? And he said exactly the same thing. Didn't didn't say anything else. It's literally for them to you know, then that match
2: in say it
3: was their favourite.
2: You know, but I think that it it for fans um, of 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 any age of any era. I I think you can still go back and appreciate it because. Oh yeah, something that I I've, I've always been quite fortunate in in that I am I, I am a wrestling fan, and for me, I don't care if the match is from two thousand and twenty one or if it's from nineteen ninety one or two thousand and one. I, I don't I don't care. I, I just enjoy absorbing wrestling, but I know that sometimes telling a younger fan. To go back and watch a, 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 a match from the 1980s or even even the 90s now, um, yeah. it's it's kind of challenging in its own right because there is this um, there's almost like a disconnect between old and new, um, yeah. and I think that some some fans can bypass it and others can't. But I think that this particular match is so good and it stands the test of time so well that right up until, you know, even... And it's definitely going to be one that we come on to when we hit that particular episode of uh, Best for WrestleMania series that we've got planned. uh, My personal favourite match of all time, which is uh, The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. But if you think nearly 20, 22, 23 years, whatever it would have been, would have expired. And that Steamboat Savage match, for many people, was still considered as the bar. Yeah. And I think that speaks volumes for how good it was, because you look at how wrestling in general changed over that 20-plus year period, and even when the superstars had changed and they'd come and gone and the styles had altered and in-ring presentation had altered, that match was still able to hold its own in every poll and every um, vote and every kind of Thing they ever do of was was the best. It would always be right up there.
3: And I think with that match as well, obviously because like Steamboat and Savage at the time, they weren't as big as like you know Hogan and you know physically wise. So obviously it gave more chances for like the smaller guys to obviously shine in was what is called the land of the giants in the F On that, well, exactly,
2: time. you know, and you've got these this um, this fantastic storytelling throughout it. Yeah. it 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 it, re- it really is a a, a a story and that that's that's the type of match that I that I associate with the intercontinental championship um because I think the intercontinental championship gets a lot of stick uh, it gets a lot of 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 bad press these days and it has done for a long time because the ic title was always seen certainly when I was growing up as a wrestling fan, as the the second belt. It was the second title, almost. It was more like the workers' was. belt, it wasn't it? It was the workers' belt, and it was, it, was, yeah. it was undoubtedly a stepping stone. And you look at, at some of yeah. those people and some of those wrestlers that have held the Intercontinental Championship, and it is a who's who of pro wrestling royalty. But... It was because, like you said, it was a workers' belt. It was a real workers' belt. And those matches were often the match of the night. And they, and it yeah. wouldn't be uncommon that you'd have a card and the IC title match would eclipse the world title match. Um, but it's matches like Steamboat and Savage or WrestleMania 3 way back in 1987. Um for me personally, I think that 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 drive, that passion, that just oozes out of the two of them um, for the duration of that match, is, is 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 a testament to the championship because it elevated the championship as well.
3: Yeah, it made it more important. You it, know, it, it made by well. like more, pres- more, exactly, more made
2: People care, and at the end of the day. Yeah. What is what is wrestling if not um, wrestlers in a ring making people care about what they're doing?
0: But the champion's still in control now. A small package by the dragon. Got him, by the History is made! You talked about a miscarriage of justice matsu. Flagrant outside interference on the part of Animal Steel. History made here in the Silver Doll part of the 3 into the winner of this contest! And new Intercontinental Champion, Ricky the
2: Dragon, Steve! Oh. So, okay. What, what's, what's next? What's next? You know, we've got 10 years to pick well, from what's next.
3: Well, funny enough, it's uh, the same okay. mania, and it was obviously the, the Hogan Andre match. Which is obviously out with the first three manias. I think it was like the real, the real main event, when the epic one out with the three because it was so, um, it was such
2: a big, like uh build up to it as well. So in terms of Hogan and Andre, I may have to backpedal because um, I said you know obviously that image of Savage and Steamboat and, and Savage coming off the rope is 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 eighties wrestling, yeah. But then you say Hogan Andre, and I'm like, as I'm stood here, talking to you, uh, I am looking at a at a print, at an art print. It was part of the WrestleMania Moments series that um, they uh, released last year. They did uh, six limited edition prints of uh, basically famous uh, massive yeah. artists by the name of Jonathan Bartlett. Um, and and one of those was, um, as it's titled on you, the irresistible force meets the immovable object. And it's that stare down between Hogan and Andre. And I think that, that phrase is
3: so iconic. And I think everyone's heard that phrase of Gorilla Monsoon saying there.
2: Oh, well, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly, you know. And yeah. Gorilla Monsoon, the late, great Gorilla Monsoon, who provided the soundtrack to... So many amazing moments in those first many years, alongside the likes of Jesse, the Body, Ventura, later Bobby, the Brain, Heenan involved as well, uh, and, and, the, and, and those and those epic partnerships. Because as someone obviously who who would have grown up primarily as a kid, you would have been in you know, Jr. and the King.
3: Yeah, they were the two. What's that team, like you, for you then for, to kind of
2: uh, go back and, 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 and be listening and there's and there's no JR and King on commentary and you kind of
3: um I don't know, I think it made it it was just more I think listening back they they would they were the best I think they the best uh, commentators at the time I don't know they, it just worked I think with them too. I don't know what it was It's just so different like obviously with obviously Jerry, the King Lawler, he's more of a comedic type of um. Commentator as well, I mean, so you know. They, I think they were more serious, and they um you could you know more believable. Obviously, just they they had two of the, uh, the biggest voices. I think they were very deep. Um, what else could you say? Um, and obviously like their catchphrases. Well, I think they had some good catchphrases. Obviously, what's the what's the famous uh, well, one? Everything's you always are?
2: happening. Every. Everything's. Yeah, that's we welcome you to WrestleMania. It's a happening, and I used to just love the fact that it was <laughs> it was constantly an audience was being reminded that any and it, and and it was said in, in every WrestleMania more, more or less yeah. practically at every every single break in the action and certainly in the first WrestleMania. Um, but it's that job of the commentator to involve the viewer and to make them feel yeah. part of the action, but to make them feel like you are watching something exceptional. You're watching something special. And I think that Gorilla Monsoon and certainly Jesse the Body Ventura, who worked so well together, um, you know, I think that they 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 more than provided that. The fact as well that Jesse the Body Ventura, for a couple of those early WrestleManias, had his own entrance uh where there was a segment of the show where it was Jesse the Body Ventura makes his entrance even though he'd already been commentating for the night they would do yeah. like this entrance and you'd see what amazing outfit he'd have on because he was he was a style icon if ever there was one was Jesse the Body Ventura um but yeah you know you he definitely, <laughs>
3: definitely stood out the knee with his bandanas and his Earrings and stuff, glasses. You know,
2: you basically look like a, a, you know, like a rock and roll pirate. Um, yeah, but yeah,
0: yeah.
2: you know, you go back and you look at Andre and Hogan, and it's maybe, in my opinion, the first real, tangible WrestleMania moment. You know, you talk about WrestleMania moments yeah. um, of when something. Happened on that grand stage of WrestleMania, as JBL would say, you know, you know when the, you know the, the lights are shining bright, you know, and heroes and and and, and villains are made forever type thing, and that's that for me was the first time watching them all back, where you think that's it, that's where the game changed. That's where it all started, and that's where it and really took off. The iconic thing about that, about that whole image of, is that Hogan is toppling wrestling in his own way. He's not just body slamming under the giant; he's body slamming pro wrestling, and they are saying, "Right, where you've had WrestleMania one." We had all the celebs. We did WrestleMania 2. We did something really cool with that, you know, we did it in three different venues across the United States with three different main events. But now we're setting a world indoor attendance record that they'd hold for like the next 20, 25 years.
3: Twenty-five years, right? And
2: we we are showing that we are here to stay. This, you know, this is this is the standard now that you need to get to. Um, And like I said, it was it was such a you know a big a big thing, and also it was a bit of a you know it, a, a, a passing of the torch, I suppose. You know, I know that you mentioned to me before, you know, about this feeling of Andre allowing Hogan to have that moment. Because if yeah, you know, let's you know, you know, let's face facts, if Andre didn't want that to happen, all right, he was starting it kind of. Um, Fall victim to some health issues. But if Andre didn't want Hogan to have that more, he very much could have stopped that.
3: Because obviously you've seen it in the, the um, Andre, the Giant documentary on the, yeah. the HBO one. And um, I think going into that match, Hogan didn't even know if Andre was going to put him over or anything, did he? And he didn't know the finish or he just wasn't sure going into it. I think he was cacking
2: his pants in. Uh, in well, like. no, you know, and... It's under the giant. He is he's one of the yeah. most instantly recognisable and revered stars of all time. He goes in as this ultra bad guy because he's turned his back on on the fans. He's 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 sick of being Hulk Hogan's friend and being passed up on title opportunities. So he takes he takes control. He aligns himself brilliantly with Bobby the Brain he, Heenan. Yeah, stole the soul, stole the soul with Bobby Heenan. Who is, wearing this tremendous uh white and gold uh suit for the event. You know, they've got that mad, you know, that 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 long ride to the ring on the uh you know the you know like those mini ring carts with which, which, yeah, which cart. were great. Um and you have that image once once Hogan finally vanquishes uh Andre of Bobby Heenan with his head down, absolutely, like, just done in for. He can't believe he comes so close to beating Hogan and so close to getting the world title.
3: And all the, all the crowd throwing yeah. all the rubbish at Andre. And you've
2: and got Hogan tonica. posing in the ring in front of 93,000 fans, but then you've got that that image of, of Andre kind of, look, like, looking back, as if to say, one day, one day soon. And, if, yeah. and but that's what I mean. It's 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 this hugely iconic match. It's not just what happens in it because when you actually look at the amount that happens in the match, it's it's you know no no disrespect, to, um, either either gentleman, um, but not a lot happens in the match other than the slam. The slam is is that really memorable yeah. moment. But you look at the build, you look at the presentation, and yeah, I I I, I I would find it difficult that if someone had a, a a best of list for those WrestleManias, you know those early Manias, I'd find it really difficult that 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 Hogan and Andre uh, a WrestleMania three couldn't at least come into contention. So we've done we've done basically two of these, of these five landmark matches. Yeah. Where 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 do we go next?
3: Well basically we literally skip five years and end up at WrestleMania eight. And then the match I picked out was the Brett vs. Piper match for the IC title.
2: Okay. Okay. That's that's interesting in its own way. Was there just nothing, nothing that kind of did it for you in those intervening couple of years, or
3: uh, basically I'm a bit of a Brett fan? So like I don't know, they, they just <laughs> they just sucked me in a bit. Them them uh, them late matches and you know in the later ten, the later okay. couple of the ten.
2: Okay, so what do you think then in terms of that that match? You know that Intercontinental Championship match. How how did that pull you in over, say, one of the Hart Foundation tag matches or one of Brett's ever appearances in a, a battle royal? Um basically, so, I think it was it was obviously the match that sort of elevated
3: Brett into that main event spot like at like the time, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think obviously that's like a fair a, argument. Yeah, I think that'd like be a, a fair argument. You know, you look back and um, Bret Hart, who I'm I'm well aware, um, I've I've said some some not so nice things about on other people's <laughs> podcasts, um, and I ha and I've and I've been a bit nasty to Bret. I'm not expecting a Christmas card off the hitman, <laughs> um, uh, but but one thing I've always done is I have appreciated and I've tried to show respect for his in ring ability and his in ring career, um, which I think is phenomenal. He is a a, 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 a multiple, a multiple-time world champion. He is a multiple-time tag champion, an intercontinental champion. He is a King of the Ring winner. He is a Hall of Famer, and all of those accolades are more than deserved. Bret Hart is undoubtedly one of the all-time best in-ring workers, in-ring technicians to ever step between the ropes. I'll I'll never take that away, but I do agree that it it, it took until WrestleMania Eight for him to have. That one-on-one match, that that kind of that big that big push. That, yeah, that big push against an opponent as well, who, let's face it, um, in my opinion, Rowdy Roddy Piper will go down as one of the most underrated um wrestlers of all time in in terms only of um accomplishment if you if you relate it to like winning titles and um that that type of thing because when you think of, of classic golden era uh, wrestlers Rowdy Roddy Piper it's extremely hard not not you know not especially for older fans for them not to associate Rowdy Roddy Piper and Pro Wrestling as being this 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 go-to name because he most definitely was but I think that with Piper, it was it was he was he was kind of un, under underval well not undervalued certainly, but he he was maybe underutilized from a championship perspective yeah. because he was he was never really involved in championship matches. Probably because he, quite frankly, he didn't need to be, because he, you know, he's, he's one of those rare talents that was just that good. He didn't Such need... Such a great
3: promo as well, when he? A very good promo. One of the best heels, I think, as well, from,
2: you know, that boom period at the start of the, the Manias. Well, exactly. And, you know, not to detract too much from Roddy and, and Brett, but, you know, you've only got to go back, you know, you look at, the, at those first Manias, you know, he's in the main event of the first WrestleMania. He's in one of the the multiple main events in a boxing match against longtime rival Mr. T at yeah. WrestleMania 2. He's in the ring against Adrian Adonis at WrestleMania 3. He um, has that fantastic in ring segment. He does Piper's Pit with Morton Downey Jr., uh, I believe, at WrestleMania 5, which is where he um, politely tells Mr. Downey Jr. to stop smoking the cigarette in the ring. <laughs> and blowing smoke in his face, and then he kind of squirts him with a fire extinguisher, in, in, and yeah. again a, a WrestleMania moment that we talk about. Um, but I think this this match did an incredible amount for both men. I think it give yeah. I think it gave Piper the platform to show. Do you know why? Yeah, I like, can I can have a a serious good wrestling match against an opponent of real quality. Which I think a lot of people had kind of dismissed Piper as could just be in the heel and the the host of Piper's pit. And you know, like they forget that he was in uh, like barbaric matches uh, against people like Greg the Hammer Valentine and you know, in you know, like dog collar matches. That dog
3: collar match, yeah. Yeah that's you know
2: cool. and and I think that, that that gave him that opportunity to have that 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 one on one match. With a real pro like Bret Hart, who I believe, you know, and you're the Bret Hart fan, here, like, well, obviously the bigger Bret Hart fan, most definitely. Yeah. But you'd you'd be able to kind of confirm or deny whether, you know, there was that friendship, that genuine friendship between the two. They had a lot of respect well, for each
3: other. Well interesting me, I didn't know this, but looking back, they were well, they were supposedly K fade cousins as well, weren't they, I think?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I know yeah. that um there was you know there was an, an incredible amount of, of of respect and I think that there you know there likely would have been some involvement uh with stampede wrestling. Um, yeah. you know obviously when when they got in the ring um of WrestleMania, which is a bit of a weird mania just in general. Um and I don't know why I've always consider but it's, it it's it always feels of a, a mania of, of real ups and downs. Um yeah. for me then yeah this it's it's a it's a great it's a great choice. It's a great match. What kind of stood out to you from that match? What do you take away from it?
3: Well one of the things that stood out for me obviously going into it they were I suppose they were both you know like baby faces weren't they if you think of it yeah. for you know the, with a crowd reaction and then and like what interested me was like with Roddy he was like uh he was like literally it was like a thin line between being the baby face and the heel. Like he was going like to do like a heel type of move. And then he'd sort of like backtrack when he and be like, then he'd crowd would get on his back sort of thing. And he sort of, I think he had that respect for Brett as well. And he didn't want to, you know, but then, and obviously until he opened him up with our, with our uppercut, which I think made it uh, even better of a match as well, which I think was Roddy's idea when they going into it, obviously because it was banned at the time as well when it, uh, bleeding and yeah blood.
2: yeah yeah. well uh, you know plus uh, you've only got to look at the at the critics reaction of of the time because um there's a guy by the name of thomas um i, I i'm gonna read i'm gonna butcher this year but um thomas Golianopolis i think that's right i don't even know i i, 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 I do apologize um, but they were for complex sports and they ranked it number 15 in their list of the 50 greatest, uh, greatest matches in WrestleMania history. And they described it as being a stiff match, that veers from amateur wrestling to all out street fight with a great finish. And I think that that little sentence kind of sums it up because yeah. you had all these different things happening and, um, during this match, which is you know, which is only about 12, twelve thirty minutes long, it isn't a long match, but they do an incredible amount with that time,
3: and they do like a lot of trickery as well. I noticed, like um, playing possum, and you know, telling when uh, Piper told Brett about his knee pad, and obviously that's when he
2: gave him that uppercut, which opened him up as well. It was Piper being his 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 villain best.
3: Yeah, You know, yeah.
2: in his later years, he used to kind of refer to himself as the villain, the original villain arrest and wear that kind of T-shirt. And he he was unashamedly old school. He was someone that never had to to be anyone other than who he was, even in this match where he was facing someone who he respected and who he liked. He kind of went and saying, listen, you may be Bret Hart, you may be someone I actually get on with, but I'm Rowdy Roddy Piper, yeah. and I think that that dynamic between them worked so incredibly well, and that finish, um, where almost you know where he couldn't do it, he couldn't pull that last trick out of the bag, and then think, oh well, okay, I'll give it a go anyway, and that, and that, obviously that, that that great finish, um, that saw the passing of the Intercontinental Championship from Roddy Piper to Bret Hart, who, again, you know, when we talk about the IC title, um, kind of having having that prestige and being that worker's title and a stepping stone title, is there any better yeah. example uh, really, really looking at WrestleMania? Because if you look at some of the people that held the Intercontinental Championship um, during those first 10 years of WrestleMania, they then went on subsequently to become WWE champions, and a majority of them champions at a WrestleMania, yeah. You know, because you think about someone like Macho Man Randy Savage the following year of WrestleMania 4, all right, he he loses the IC title to Ricky Steamboat, um, at WrestleMania 3, but the following year. He wins the WWE Championship in a 14-man elimination tournament a WrestleMania 4. You've got the Ultimate Warrior a WrestleMania 5, who's competing for the Intercontinental Championship against Rick Rude. Um, And then the following year, you've got him laying down the Ultimate Challenge against Hulk Hogan. And then you've got Bret Hart in 1992 at WrestleMania 8. Winning the Intercontinental Championship. And then later that year, he's defeating Ric Flair to become the WWE Champion and then going to WrestleMania yeah. 9 with the world title. So, you know, that, those Intercontinental Championship matches and, and the people in them really, you know, they really can't be um, understated, you know, for the, the importance and, 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 the, and the platform.
0: And it's a sleeper! Brent Hiram's going to win. History has been made here in the Hoosier Dome. What a move by Brett the Hitman. We got a new Intercontinental champion. The winner of this spot. And move
2: Hitman So basically, so what you're telling me is that there was nothing. There was nothing from, Re- from WrestleMania 4, 5, 6, or 7.
3: Um, well, I, I tell you, like, it's going to be, obviously, the Hogan-Warrior match stood out as well. Okay. That's, uh, okay. that's another one. Because
2: I know Hogan-Warrior had a lot of love on on, on
3: Twitter. Yeah, there was quite a few um, interactions on Twitter with uh, the Hogan and Warrior. There's a few. Well, just a few gifs I seen commented on my, uh, you know, my posts. Yeah. Um, guy called. Well, he's, he's at Merseyside Blue. He chucked the gif up of um, warrior gorilla press slamming um, Hogan. And another guy then D Kelsey. He's at uh, has got Bros, and he said about it the first time being the face versus face, and then he threw a gif up of the gorilla press slam as well.
2: Well. Yeah, because I suppose that, that realistically, wouldn't um, Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior kind of be one of the first instances where they'd kind of gone down that route of having two good guys facing off against each other? Because even though it could be argued uh, that, the, that the previous year of WrestleMania five when the mega powers exploded and a macho man Randy Savage defended against Hulk Hogan, by that time, Savage was kind of transitioning and morphing very much into this very dislikable character. They certainly didn't yeah. feel like two faces at that point. So yeah, that was probably history making in its own right because it was you know that you know that first instance where you got two good guys. Um, it, and also the and it was uh, it was sort of like um, you know, what side are you
3: gonna pick as well when obviously because they were both baby faces. It was like a. Who who gonna who who have you got to win the title? Well, exactly, you know, because
2: I think uh, being of a certain age of a certain generation, because I know some older fans, you know, that certainly watch watch, watch those um, matches and, and and remember that time as it happened, and it very much was the case that you were either a Hulkamaniac or you were in the corner of the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Um, so that must have been quite quite entertaining you know you look back at that match and um, I, I watched it recently um again, it is pro wrestling from the eighties personified it is huge it's in the sky Dome up in up in canada in uh the WWE's s first venture uh to do a wrestlemania outside of, of of North America or well the united States at least. Um, you know, you've got sixty-seven thousand fans, everybody's like, you know, it's it's got that big, that big event feel, and you've got these two literal, larger-than-life superheroes. You know, you've got Hulk Hogan who looks like he's literally like a cartoon character come to life, and then you've got the ultimate warrior who literally looks and sounds and acts as if he's just got off the last spaceship from Mars. <laughs> um, you know, and they kind of go at it in all the bright colours, you know, it's a show of strength and you know, it's all about power and
3: it's a real real 80s feeling. Yeah, well.
2: And obviously a, 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 an intended passing of the torch um from from Hogan to Warrior, which which was a real a sign of of, of that of, of the direction I think that they were looking to go in, in, in that time. But yeah, you know, like there are, you know, there are some, you know, there are some matches that are kind of dotted around, around those, you know, those kind of mid, mid manias, you know, like I said, you know, you've got WrestleMania four is that 14 man elimination tournament to crown a new champion, because they need an undisputed champion. Uh, You know, you've got the mega powers, as I said, exploding. Then WrestleMania 7, you've got things like the start of the Undertaker's streak, even though nobody at the time could have ever anticipated that it would become the beginning of the streak, you know, when the dead man takes on Jimmy Superfly Snooker and and makes easy work of this bona fide legend. And then obviously then Sergeant Slaughter, who's very much pro-Iraq at the time, at the height of the Gulf War, facing personification of Americana Hulk Hogan in, in, in the main event.
3: The American
2: the hero. The American <laughs> hero versus the American turncourt, very much so. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, WrestleMania 8, uh, the one thing that stands out for me is that Hogan and Flair are on that card, but they ain't in the ring against each other. Do you fit?
3: No, I they think they... Yeah, I think they missed the boat on that one, didn't they? I think that should have happened. Yeah,
2: as someone who... I, I'm i all about dream matches. It's why I deeply resent the fact that the likelihood that I will ever see The Undertaker versus Sting, that ship has sailed.
3: Yeah, that's long gone. And <laughs>
2: even though I saw Hogan Flair like, tie up in WCW and even on an episode of Raw in 2002 in the WWE, we're talking about a time where Hogan and Flair were arguably the two biggest names in professional wrestling. Um, yeah, because obviously you had Hogan as the face of the
3: WWF, did you? And then obviously Flair was literally the face of WCW slash NWA as well, well. Exactly, and
2: even at that See, time, you need to remember that yeah. when <laughs> Flair came over,
3: he brought the, he brought the title yeah, with him, the big yeah. gold. He
2: brought the WCW title with him, which they then yeah. crudely pixelated out. On all the broadcasts, you know, so we're talking with these (laughs) these, these two huge, recognizable cornerstones of their respective companies. Flair comes to the WWE, he has a great run of matches against uh Macho Man, um, because obviously, because that's 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 who he's given at WrestleMania 8, and he has that storyline where he's kind of Blackmailing him and he's trying to get with Elizabeth and everything which is which is you know which really is just Ric flair all over really I don't know even know if, that, oh, if yeah, exactly. you know, like i I, I don't even know if that was a character or not um
3: however oh, it was where, but
2: then unfortunately then you've got you know you've got- you know Sid justice as he was at the time he hadn't turned to psycho Sid against Hogan in this but but I really do think that they that they did miss the boat and that and that would have been one of the all time great uh, moments, match wise, you just don't know. You don't know because even though they did no. face each other so many times in in the following years in WCW, you just don't know what it would have been like at a WrestleMania, and that's just one of those ones that we're never going to be able to tell. So, could we go in in order? I'm guessing. Have you got? Have you got any? Have you got any more from WrestleMania eight, or or is it? Or do I dare ask? No, if I- it's from WrestleMania nine.
3: I go straight to 10 now. I completely miss number nine because of obviously, well, you, I think I'll leave this
2: one to you. Right. Okay. Well, I'll put it like this. I, I spent over an hour, uh, speaking with my very, very good friend, Cayman, um, who you can, who you can listen to, uh, on his own podcast, um, at the Cayman show. um, and I spoke to him and Steve, um, who was a regular guest as well. And we dissected WrestleMania 9 for all it was worth. The podcast is available. It is a good laugh. Um, but we kind of talked about it, whether it was, in fact, the crappest WrestleMania of all time. And very likely it is. I, I personally, I don't even want to go there uh on, on no. our podcast. <laughs> um so I'm sorry for anyone who had any major WrestleMania nine best of moments that they thought that we may cover. Um you know there were there were some nice, nice little things done uh throughout the course of the night, but all, overall it's just not a mania that that certainly does it for me. And Liam, I think that's the same for you. Yeah, I thought um, exactly yeah, the same. if you if you if you do have a, a spare hour, go and listen to the Cayman show. Listen to it anyway because it's great. But go and listen to it, um, and and you can get our, our WrestleMania nine uh, thoughts on that or mine at least. So right, a decade in the making, WrestleMania ten returned to where it all
0: began. <laughs> One history-making night, the WWE Universe witnessed two hearts compete like champions. And the Heartbreak Kid taking one giant leap into WWE immortality and Bret Hart were the foundation of the legendary Hart family.
1: United we stand, divided we
0: fall. In this ferocious battle between sibling rivals, there were no titles at stake. Personal and family pride were of even greater consequence. I
1: don't know what law it is. It says just because you're older than me, that makes you better than me. It doesn't
0: make you better than me, Bret the brother's vitriol led to two virtuoso performances in one of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history. Red Hart cannot beat his younger brother, and he senses it right now. Red Hart going up. Look at this. A
1: oh, victory. No. Wow. What? Oh. Three. oh, wow. Owen Hart, step out of the shadows and into the spotlight.
0: The hearts had a match for the ages, but it was Shawn Michaels who stole the show. That's what it's all about. The two Intercontinental Championship belts hanging from above. In the first ever televised ladder match, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon gave a glimpse into the future of the WWE.
1: How could he still stand after getting hit with that ladder like that? Unbelievable! Unbelievable!
0: Michaels, look at this! this books left in the road! Yes! I cannot believe it! Razor is the undisputed intercontinental champion! Thanks to Razor Ramon and the incomparable Shawn Michaels, a ladder match at WrestleMania has come to
2: mean money in the bank. We're back in Madison Square Garden.
3: Ten years later,
2: so ten years later, and we're back in the Big Apple where it all began. Um, what what are the matches that for you were like right, Okay, these these ones are the ones.
3: Well, I think obviously we had a chat to me the other day, and we said we both said like it was only literally two matches that stood out in our that um, mania. I think. Which is obviously the Brett and Owen match, and then obviously the Razor and Sean match. Okay. Like, obviously, the, obviously the, obviously the Brett and Owen match was the, obviously the opener one, and obviously, they, I suppose they, they do class star as one of the best openers in Mania history.
2: And obviously, it's the first Mania without Hogan being there as well. So, just to get this straight, you weren't going to say that one of your favourite matches of all time was, was Earthquake versus Adam Bomb. Oh. No, and it definitely wasn't Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna Vassan versus Doink and Dink. <laughs> no, oh, okay, Okay, not okay. Not I just either. had to check. I just had to check. But, <laughs> but, um, no. but yeah, you know, again, and I mean this, how can't you talk about the best of wrestling you went to 10 um, and not bring up those two matches specifically? Even if we had spoke about no other matches. Um, first of all Brett versus Owen what makes that work for you
3: obviously it's just the brother versus brother in here that Owen obviously was always under his what was the the word like, like underneath him sort of thing and then obviously you've got Owen as the heel like the, the sulky little baby brother and obviously he wanted that spotlight from his older brother didn't he he wanted to prove he was better than him,
2: and um, yeah, and he did as well. That's the best thing, he, yeah, he,
3: exactly.
2: I, I they, it. Yeah. they put on a clinic as you know that they were always capable of doing. You know that anytime Brett took, um, you know, through the curtain and hit the ring, you knew that you were going to be in for a, a clinic, and likewise, when Owen Hart, uh, God rest his soul. Uh, when Owen Hart stepped into the ring, you knew that you were going to see something um, next level in terms of ability, in terms of technique. Uh, Bret Hart was it was certainly one of my favourite in-ring workers ever. Um, uh, you know, and I think that's one of the, the, re- the true tragedies about losing Owen Hart so young when he passed away in 1999 as you think about all the people in those, in, even in just those few years after um, that he could have worked with, um, you know, people like your Kurt Angles, people like, uh, you know, Eddie Guerrero and, and, you know, just the magic that he would have been able to have, 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 have created. But when you talk about magic, that opening match, it really is. It really is something special. If you haven't seen Brett Verso, yeah, I... go and watch it. And
3: I think it it was it was the match that literally put Owen on the map as well. I think it's a... the
2: match that exposed Owen for what he was yeah. capable of being. He wasn't yeah. just a a tag wrestler, he wasn't just a mid-card, and he wasn't just going to put on those amazingly bad um 80s, early 90s, like overinflated trousers and 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 tag with Coco Beware as high energy. He could be a legit um, main event quality player.
3: I think he was such a great heel as well. And I'm actually like, you know, he was always throwing up his hands and chanting and mocking Brett and Obviously with his knee, when he injured his knee and he with a slap of the face and then sort of running away behind the ropes he behind was the rest. Ju- he
2: was just a, a just a, a, a great he was a great bad guy. He was a great villain. He was yeah. a great foil to Brett because he was he was that annoying younger brother that he just couldn't get rid of. And no. he was gonna spoil his big brother's day and his big brother's party. But then you talk about spoiling the party. And then someone decides we're going to put Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon in a ring and we're going to put a ladder in there. But <laughs> once again, and this goes back to my theory of earlier, is for the Intercontinental Championship again, again yeah. and for the next two years on the bounce, so that's I me mean 11 and 12, Shawn Michaels is chasing that world title, but it comes from that intercontinental championship ring.
3: That stepping stone belt. This yeah. was a
2: match, like I said, if if it if if I was Razor Ramon or Shawn Michaels and I never wrestled another match in my life, I'd be happy saying, Yeah, I wrestled the ladder match the of 10.
3: And obviously, it's arguably one of the greatest matches. In the uh, wrestling history it, as well, because obviously it was the first ever ladder match on people. Well, yeah, you know?
2: it was innovative, it was it was so different from anything that anyone had ever seen. It was risk taken to a whole new level. Like, oh, right. like
3: especially exactly. I think thing.
2: now, you know, we're kind of conditioned to the Harley boys and the Dudley Boys and Edge and Christian and TLC matches and ECW and you know, kind of insane high, high spots with tables and flaming, you know, this and that. But you need to remember back then it was right. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to put this ladder and I'm going to, I'm going to throw this ladder at you. And then I'm going to jump off the ladder on like, that must have been incredible to have been sat in the garden and, and see what these two men were willing to do. Um,
3: and obviously, was stood out for that match as well. It was just the one ladder, wasn't it? Like, not oh, like these yeah. days, where you, you know,
2: where like, exactly, you know, the entire yeah, ringside a... area, the ramp, the stage is packed with ladders, but yet somehow they still go under the ring to find a ladder. Um, From which ladder, I, yeah. I never quite got, <laughs> but yeah, so you know, and obviously, I I think that was where Sean, Sean Michaels again, who much as, as 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 Brett had had done the year before, Shawn Michaels truly stepped away from the rest of the pack at WrestleMania ten. Because even though he'd had a couple of tag matches as part of the Rockers with Marty Jannetty, and yes, he'd had um individual matches, he'd had one-on-one matches, obviously uh, WrestleMania 8 faced Tito Santana or El Matador, as he was called for that event. Um, which, again, very solid match. And then probably, and I know I said I wouldn't get into WrestleMania 9, but probably one of the strongest matches of WrestleMania 9 was the opener, um, which was Tatanka versus Shawn Michaels.
3: Um, Shawn Michaels, So,
2: again, you know, Shawn Shawn was no stranger to that environment of being in a one-on-one match and having the spotlight on him. But I think to put him in there with Reza, and again, obviously, they were very good friends, part of the clique, Behind the scenes, and again a, a real show stealer for what I personally think was a overall a bit of a damp WrestleMania overall.
3: Um, I and obviously where you where you mentioned the clip there, I think that's a big uh, point as well that they went too long in that match, didn't they? And they had to cut, then they had to cut the a, a tag team. Match I, or I'm not, or I'm sure, it? not sure,
2: but it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't at all surprise yeah, think, me. But then I think when. When you've done that, when you've actually had that type of match, I think you've kind you kind of got leverage. I think you've kind of got leverage to do it.
3: Yeah.
2: That which which goes, I know yeah. sounds terrible on, on, on the other competitors, but like, you know, at the end of the day, it it was just one of those, you know, those all-time great moments. So so those 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 are your five.
3: They're my five, yeah. They're the ones okay. that stood out to me.
2: I'm I'm getting that um what I consider one of the all-time greatest matches of all time wasn't on your list, uh, which was from WrestleMania 1. Uh, and that was King Kong Bundy versus Special Delivery Jones. Um, <laughs> if anyone doesn't know what I'm on about, they need to go to the network. If you've got 25 seconds spare, then you go because that's about a long matches. Uh, but no, I think I think that's fair. I think those five matches are, are great in their own right. I think they all stand the test of time. Um, i again i like the inclusion i like the inclusion of of Roddy and and Brett a bit of a wild card isn't the one maybe the people instantly yeah. think of because like i said everyone goes for those main events but again it's 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 showing that throughout those 10 years it didn't matter where on the card you were you were able to make an impact and certainly a lot a lot of those a lot of those stars did so before we kind of wrap up as I said, we've had a lot of social media stuff. So we'll quickly run through those. Um, so we've got Steve Lloyd, uh, who's at uh Lloyd's 84. He tweeted and said, probably um as a fan, uh n- not necessarily in any order, but these these are some of his favorite matches. So Steamboat versus Savage, WrestleMania 3. Hogan versus Savage, WrestleMania Five. Warrior versus Hogan, WrestleMania Six. Uh, the Undertaker versus Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, WrestleMania Eight, which again is uh, one that's often uh, brushed over. Yokozuna versus Bret Hart, WrestleMania Nine, uh, and and as we've just discussed, Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania Ten. Um, and he's basically then given some reasons behind it and 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 said that for the WrestleMania Three match for Savage, it was just great battling for WrestleMania five, it was it was the hype involving Miss Elizabeth. What corner would she be in? Would she be neutral? Would she be able to be neutral? The champions versus champion angle, that title for title. Who was going to have all the gold between Warrior and Hogan? Uh, Taker's at the control um, over Jake the Snake Roberts. You know, coming in for his second mania once again, just dispatching of this longtime veteran. Um, he just liked. The Roman event aspect of Wrestle of WrestleMania Nine, uh, and obviously it's that ladder match, and that's what we always come back to is that ladder match. That ladder uh, match, yeah. Talking about WrestleMania Nine, uh, Bishop uh, TW Takes, uh, who's on Twitter as at. TW Takes Podcast. They just sent us a gif of that amazing entrance of Bobby the Brain Heenan at WrestleMania 9 when he comes in backwards <laughs> on a camel. On and camel. again, like I said, I give WrestleMania 9, a lot of people give WrestleMania 9 a lot of flack. I think rightly so. But there are some there are some bright, bright moments in there. There are every now and again you'll you know you will come across a bright moment in there. Um you know, less let's not forget then as well we've got you know we've got some uh you know some other shout outs as well if we we we've got a lot if i'm being honest um so one of them is from uh someone who gave us a lot of support during the last uh, show which is at good bad wrestle so hello to you again hogan slamming Andre, obviously and that's the tweet that's just the tweet um i said it was <laughs> such a big moment uh at next to the aisle, they've also given a, a, a couple of moments, a couple of matches. Again, they sided with you. Um, and they actually sided with you on two of your matches. Yeah, two. So the True. first one was Steamboat versus Savage WrestleMania 3, which seems to be an out and out clear favorite at the moment. Uh, they were they were a fan of the WWE versus NFL uh over-the-top row battle royal of WrestleMania 2. Um he fairly um one of his fondest memories was the extremely emotional um, reunion, the embrace between uh, Randy Macho Man Savage and Miss Elizabeth at WrestleMania Seven after Macho Man kind of finished his his time in the darkness with uh, Queen Sherry after 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 losing the retirement match against the Elkman Warrior, and him and Liz got back in in one of those great feel good moments of pro wrestling. Uh, and but but he also said to you that he was a big fan of Piper versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania. 8. another one, so another another one, one of mine, yours. Then. But he also says not to forget Andre the Giant getting even with Bobby the Brain Heenan at WrestleMania six and deciding enough's enough. I'm not listening to you and being being told what to do by you anymore. And that's from uh, from WrestleMania six. So, Kev Kev the wrestling fan Kev. <laughs> uh, from Lebanon, um, who's on Twitter, at Kev underscore wrestling. Kev, um, once again, he he's involved and says, Hogan and Andre from WrestleMania 3, a game changer, some will call it, Steamboat and Savage as well, Sean and Razor Ramon from Mania 10, the first ladder match, and of course the ultimate challenge from Mania 6. So like I said, it seems... As always, the same matches keep popping up. But I think that's, that's keep testament. Popping up, yeah. I think that's testament to just what those matches mean, how good they are, how important they are. Um, now, here's quite an interesting one. This is from Ollie, who's on Twitter as at DuffBear. And I'm just going to read this because this is actually quite cool. And he says, I was lucky enough to be in attendance at WrestleMania 8 and he'll never forget his favourite wrestler, Randy Savage, beating Ric Flair for the world title. Little random fact for you as well, Brian Pillman, the late great Brian Pillman was in the crowd, uh, as was Charlotte Flair. So, yeah, all he was at. Two pretty Ollie, big names. All he was at WrestleMania. So he he can he can tell you just just how good that match between uh, Brett and Roddy was. Um. Sean Parfit was on Twitter uh, as at Cryptboy with uh, a K instead of a C at Crypt Boy. Uh Owen Hart versus Bret out of WrestleMania 10, amazing match, storytelling, and Owen selling it afterwards, and then his post-match promo was cracking as well. And uh, and 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 as you said, it 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 very much was the case that from start to finish they had us in the palm of their hands at WrestleMania 10 when Brother did in, in fact face Brother. So, you know, we've had a few. Likewise, there's been some wild cards. So, at rings...
3: <laughs> I, well, I've got one of them yeah, wild yeah. cards. Yeah, yeah, you uh, want it. me to... Yeah, it's uh, at Sean Coldy said about the uh, WrestleMania 6 when uh, Demi- Demolition won the tag team titles. And obviously, he mentioned the, the pop from the crowd and he said how unbelievable yeah. it was. And obviously, we both we both went back. And watched we, that we, match. we 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 did, yeah. We and
2: I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. Uh, I loved Demolition. Demolition were one of my favourite tag teams from the eighties, um, and um, that match, like I said, they they, they faced the Colossal Connection under the Giant and uh, King Haku, Haku. Uh, beat them and to a rapturous rapturous ovation um, from the Sky Dome, um, and again that that. What happened at the end of that match was obviously one of uh at uh at next to the aisles favorite moments, I believe. It was at next to the aisle, I think. I need to double check. Like I said, we've had we've had a load and we uh yeah, it was at, at next to the aisle. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like I said, I am really appreciative of, of everyone that's that's taken the time. Um, but a little wild card for you, um, at ringside underscore review. They said that the favorite match doesn't have to equal the best match. And they've just put a photo up from WrestleMania uh, 7 of uh the quite infamous blindfold match between Jake the Snake Roberts and uh Rick the Model Martel. Again, you don't see blindfold matches a lot for a reason. Uh, but go and see it because it's a re- it's an inter- it's an interesting match to say the least. I actually quite like it. So um, we got at tweet underscore wrestling, um, and they say that they really love Jake versus the Undertaker, and sadly that food never really went any further. As so, you know, so that's another Jake versus Taker one from WrestleMania. So WrestleMania getting a bit of love. Um, yeah, there's one that I think you you'd appreciate because you're quite a collector.
3: Oh,
2: is that the DJ, DJ Sarge one? That's yeah. impressive, yeah. Oh yeah. So I know you know, like obviously, so obviously I can see what we're talking about. But he's actually put a photo, a, fort- a photograph, in, and if you want to just take this one because it's, it's it's actually directed to you. So
3: yeah, go on then. Well, he basically said he he had um, he had two uh, two favorite matches, and they were both you know both from the um, WrestleMania 10. There's obviously the opener, Bret Hart he said about it being one of the best openers in Mania history. He said he loved the build-up, the story, and the match itself was a masterclass. And then literally he said the Razor and Shaw match, he said that, that spoke for itself. And obviously he got a picture up on the. he put a picture up then underneath with a, a bit of a collection he's got going on, which is literally based around uh, that Razor and match against Shawn Michaels with his uh, the iconic photo. Is it was the, icon, the photo in the middle of when uh, Sean's coming down off the ladder onto the yeah, Ranger, yeah, yeah. I think, and he's obviously got a few of his Hasbro Grails in there as well, and uh, a few of the the newer elite um, figures as well. Which is, if you if you've got Twitter, uh, go give him a follow, DJ Sarge. And if you're you know you're a fan of uh, collecting like the figures, like myself, it's it's worth having a look. It's, it's a nice, little set. it is. It
2: is a shrine to the Intercontinental yeah. Championship and to the. The WrestleMania 10 ladder match. Um, and then really, the, yeah. the last one I've got is, is from Facebook, because uh, we are on Facebook as well. Uh, and it's from Luke Daniel. And uh, and he says, Bret Hart, um, has, has al- uh, he's, he's always been a huge fan of technical wrestlers. Um, even, <laughs> even though he says he, he got screwed over by Hulk Hogan, refusing to do the job for him. Um, but he said this program with Owen was brilliant during that time, even though it initially didn't have uh, Vince's full backings because he didn't b- apparently believe the brothers would fight. Um. So yeah, I don't, I don't even know, I don't even know what to say about that because Vince, Vince, Vince yeah. is Vince. Um, and to be honest, after some of the things that we've spoken about now for the last, well, now just over an hour, um. It's, it's, you know, it it all came from the brainchild of of, of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, I certainly am happy uh, that he took the gamble all those years ago at WrestleMania 1. Um, I've really enjoyed the last week going over and watching those old matches and, and, and trying to narrow things down, you know. And like I said, it would be so easy for us to do hour-long podcasts on every single mania, to be honest, because... There, there is plenty of content in every single mania, even even the worst of manias, WrestleMania nine. You still got your own love, uh, it, to to someone, not to me, but to someone. So, so yeah, so I think that's it. I think I think we're done um, yeah. for another week. So we hope you've enjoyed. We hope that you've um, kind of felt felt as though we've. We, we raised some interesting points and we've ticked off some of the, the best matches of the last, uh, well of the first 10 years of WrestleMania. Um, the best of WrestleMania part two, um, is going to be hopefully coming in season two. Uh, so make sure that you kind of keep your eye out for that. Obviously continue to get involved with, as like I said on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, um, continue listening. It really does mean everything to us. um, I believe, Lee, that when we come back next week, we're going to be talking about some unsung heroes, some underrated stars, um, some of the forgotten gems of, of pro wrestling.
3: Yeah, I think there's a few a few people that stand out innit? in uh, for that, that topic as well. So I think we got a lot we to talk will, about. We will, and I know
2: one. for a fact, and I don't want to put any spoilers out there, but I know that Special Delivery Jones no. is going to be on that list one way or the other, um, <laughs> I'm going to start a fan club. If there's no one already, it's going to be a travesty. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. We hope you've enjoyed. Lee, have you got any any final thoughts? Like Jay Spring used to do.
3: Uh, just thanks for everyone who listened. You know, to the first um, the first podcast we did. Like, obviously, two weeks ago is obviously we've only just started it recently. Like two weeks ago, I I never thought I'd be doing a podcast myself, but. It's been great fun. I can't wait for the, you know, the next eight episodes of this season. I hope um, we can get a few more, more, a bit more interest and just build from where we, where, we, well, where we are now. That'll be
2: all down to you guys who are listening. So please do hit subscribe, keep coming back, keep talking to us. We do love your information, you. we love interacting with you. And to be honest, we just love talking wrestling. That's how this whole thing started.
3: That's so how it started, man. we uh... we'll
2: back talking unsung heroes. This has been the wrestling podcast, talking about the best of WrestleMania 1 to 10 and the travesty that is that Special Delivery Jones hasn't got his own fan club. See you next week. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the wrestling podcast. Remember that you can still join me on the conversation on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for us using the handle at The Wrestling PC or go old school and you can get us an email at askthewrestlingpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, we'll see you later.